Are you there, God? It's me, Satan. Welcome to the George Rockelschmidt Show. This week we're talking about Jeremy Irons, Boy George, coming in a pasty. Who knows? Oh, fantastic stuff. I mean, that that last bit was news to me, but uh, I'm sure we can roll. Well, I was, I was going to say, Damien, I've had a lot of comments over the last 25 weeks, uh, most of which I've completely ignored. And when I say ignored, I mean I haven't even read. I haven't even like glanced over, really, but I okay, know they're there. But that checks out. Um, I mean, I did think that it, yeah. it seemed kind of alien uh, for, yeah. you, for you to do something yeah. like that. It's come as a shock to me that most people want want us to talk in a more serious way. Most people don't like it when we talk about how much cum it takes to fill up a guitar, apparently. I'm shocked. <laughs> oh, fuck, I forgot about that. <laughs> what was our verdict? Um, I don't know, but there was a conversation on Twitter between uh, some, m- at least one mad person. Uh, <laughs> I think it was like 4,000... 4,000 depo- deposits. 4,000 deposits. Oh, well, I'd love to see the uh, the maths behind that. I'm sure well, I can I'll be petition sure to put for 10cc it. at the end of this. <laughs> Naturally. Uh, so um, I think we have to go more intellectual. We have to go more straight. Uh, I I think that we can be funny, um, but I think what most people are saying is that we're stupid uh, and uh, asinine. Right. Okay. Um, so I think we need to talk about a classy gentleman like uh, Jezzer Irons. Jezzer Irons. Okay. Well, I do yeah. like how you mentioned that we we, we, or, we do, or, as I like to call him, giants. Giants. Okay. Yeah. I do like how you've mentioned that we do have the option of being funny, um, and uh, I, I choose to waver that right. But it's nice to know well, that we have never it chosen it before. <laughs> <laughs> Why be funny when you can be crass? You can be absolutely banal. The, you know what? The, the slogan of this podcast should just be, mundanity is not a form of wit. <laughs> I do Because l- I, th- I, th- I think like true witlessness is, is a form of wit in, in itself. Because people will look at that slogan and they'll think, that's a play on words, is it? It's a it's a boring play on words. No, it's no play on words. Well, it's just a statement of fact. Yeah, I I, I mean I like that. It, it's somewhat eloquent to a degree, and I think that is probably uh, detrimental. I think the slogan should, in fact, be "Don't." <laughs> <laughs> words said wrong. Oh, so um, Jeremy Irons. This was this was suggested to us by Max Allen Nye Corbel. <laughs> Jeremy Corbel. I, I just see when because his name is Max Allen I Corbel, I just see Mancy. All right, okay. Well, M A N C. You're paying him with due respect. I see. In in my name, in my mind, it's just Mancy. In my name, um, he centers uh, a lot. I mean, I don't know if you would call it fan art. Uh, maybe it's harassment, but uh, I'm <laughs> treating it as a good thing. Uh, he centers. Uh, he centers several more. Uh, pieces of fan art. So if you're watching this on YouTube, that will be revealed to you at the end, should you, by mistake, stay on this podcast. Um, but Damien, getting us back onto the, the subject at hand, Boy George should be in more films. Right, okay. So we're completely discarding Jeremy Irons already. Uh, Jer- Jeremy Irons um, is a weird guy. Okay. Discuss. Uh, well, I I thought he was just... That was a- on a philosophy paper once, wasn't it? What, he's weird? Yeah, is Jeremy Irons is a weird guy to discuss, and apparently the top answer was someone just wrote, Jeremy Irons is a weird guy, if this is a Jeremy Irons. <laughs> you really you really want to plough through this, don't you? Someone said <laughs> someone said to me the other day, How many how how deep into the scotch are you when you do the, the podcast? And I'm not, but I do like to do a bit of painting before I start recording. So <laughs> I'm in a very small box, and all these uh, all these paint uh, cans are still left open. It's fumes. It feels sitting. like the feels like there's a balloon in my skull pushing down on my brain. Wonderful. I do think that's something you need to get investigated, though. <laughs> yeah, it would explain all the nosebleeds. Oh my god, that's grim. Well, when I'm dead, there'll be people talking over my uh, over 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 either my open coffin or I imagine it would just be like a little memorial because I imagine the way I'll die is I'll accidentally sit on some sort of detonator. <laughs> and we were saying he he was he, he changed didn't he at the end? Yeah, it was a tumor. Yeah, yeah. I liked him more. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Yeah. What, what people fail to know, um, what people don't realize is that we do actually have to get you like properly pilled up. Um, to do this, so you can behave kind of in a fairly lucid manner, because what you actually you you you're afflicted with that um, was it the foreign accent syndrome, because of this fantastic um, 
Dis- yeah, I'm actually a French dude. <laughs> this is me doing my English accents. That's why that's why it's very incongruent. You know, sometimes I'm a little bit posh, and at other times I'm like, oh, what, brother? Ah, I see. But yeah, obviously French. You can tell by the name. So, Jeremy Irons. Uh, what's Jeremy Irons' uh, most famous role? Oof. You see, now, when we uh, when you broached me about this topic, I actually had to rack my brain a little bit, because I'm not that... From- I couldn't... Well, it's obviously Gruber the Lesser, isn't it? <laughs> Gruber the Lesser. Oh, bless. I suppose... Pot- well, it is. Potentially. Um, I know a lot of people cite The Lion King as well. It's a lot, lot, lot easier not to overact when you're just doing voices, isn't it? <laughs> so I like already you're, a lot. Yeah, no, yeah, I think you. Are you it sounds like you're backpedaling a little bit because you kind of put it all on decade. front street there. I think he's a, he's a little bit ham. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I actually think I, I legitimately think Jeremy Irons is a really good actor, but I also think, and I respect him for this. I also think sometimes he doesn't give much of a fuck. Um, and I, I think there are many actors uh, who you can you can say that of. But um, Jeremy Irons as as, as uh, Peter Gruber, Simon Gruber, Paul Gruber, one of the apostles, Gruber. He he he. I, it's not like he doesn't give a fuck. Like he he just kind of checked out. But I think he just thought this film is called Die Hard Three. <laughs> it, there's a three in it. <laughs> fuck it. You know they, they want it to be like this, don't they? Ha ha. And then yeah. That is that is cash in the bank. I mean, it works. Yeah, without, yeah, I think so. Um, but also, he he does kind of madness and wackiness. Um, oh, wackiness is kind of the wrong word, but he he does he does a sort of kind of frenetic, frenzied madness in Dead Ringers, and it really works there. I you know I watching that performance, I really believe that he is in a situation of distress. Right. Okay. Um, I'm not that familiar with Dead Ringers. He plays twins, guy, and they're they're gynecological doctors, and one of them gets a bit weird about it, and it's all very. <laughs> one, 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 one of them, Jeremy Irons, not Jeremy Irons, Jeremy Irons, uh, he he invents all these like horrible, horrible tools for gynecologing, um, like uh, kind of like alien speculums and stuff, and it's 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 nasty. But I I like him in it. All right, okay, yeah. I mean, the way you're kind of pitching it, it does sound like good stroke material. So I think it might be worth checking out. <laughs> Dead ringers. I found it quite hard to masturbate to, <laughs> but not impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's impossible. I found it quite hard to fill up a musical instrument to, <laughs> but you know, the evening is it is young. Maybe I'll just go with a ukulele. Ah, get a nice little mandolin. Uh, what? Well, why? Why don't the? Why don't you write in the comments the easiest instrument to fill with cum? I think we all know it's the harmonica. Oh. <laughs> or the kazoo. Oh dear, I pity the person who picks that picks that up next. Oh my! Well, God. I imagine it'd probably probably be the owner of the store you're in. Because <laughs> <laughs> God knows if you're doing this, you don't own a harmonica, do you? Oh. Yeah, but you know, you yeah, sorry, go but on. do you go to the back of the store, or are you just up at, or are you up at the, like the till? Because I usually find like those cheap harmonicas and kazoo's that they're kind of right next to the plectrums at the till. So <laughs> you go into one of those one of those big stores, you know, where they have like a grand piano and all these keyboards on the walls and everything, sound cards and everything, and you say, "Oh, uh, I was just wondering if I could use your back room." <laughs> sorry, sorry, what? Could I could I use your back room? Uh, our back room, yeah, you know, you know, the the back room where the where, you know where the good stuff is. So what? Yeah, the ba- the back room with the fucking glory hole. I need to fill an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you see, so you go to the back, you find this like smaller than average kind of glory hole, and you look through, it and all you see is like the nozzle of a trumpet. I remember. Uh, I'm sure no one, will, no one will remember this, but I think it might have been Maxim in 2000s had a little feature uh, called "Car Liking Cat," and it was reviews of cars by a cat. <laughs> and it was it was all ridiculous shit. Like like it was like 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 a Ferrari which cost five million uh, cost five million dollars, and the cat's review would be, "Whoa! If I had to stick a car up my ass, this would be it." <laughs> it was just shit like that. It was just a lad's mag. But I remember in that in in that I think it, I don't think it was Carl liking cat, but it was something like that, and it was like it was just a little comment, and it was uh, I find porn DVDs really hard to masturbate to. I find the hole in the middle way too large. Oh, mm. very nice. Anyway, 
I, I'm going back to uh, Jeremy Irons doing Mad. Uh, I remember sitting on a tube train once, Twickenham, and uh, <laughs> and and it was it was full, but it wasn't full like people were standing everywhere. But all the seats were taken, and this woman uh, was sat and she was reading a paper, and suddenly she kind of she sat back and she looked like she was asleep. You know when someone's eyelids are closed, but you can just see their eyes. Just right, see yeah, the, you know the whites of their eyeballs, kind of just underneath their eyelashes, and she mm-hmm. she did, she did that, and then I and then it was as if she was possessed. All of her limbs went stiff, and she started shaking, and she wasn't making any noise. She wasn't really disturbing anyone, but I was sat opposite her. The person sat next to me, and the, the two people sat next to her. We all instantly became aware of of something something was going on and we all looked at her and she did this weird kind of like I'm possessed shaking thing for for like a good 20 seconds i mean i really did think she was going to stand up and take a bite out of someone it oh, was it, it was it was i i mean i don't think she was mad i think she, it was probably like she'd fallen asleep and she was having a very strange dream or something okay um but but it was real. Uh, you know, you could tell this isn't a joke. This isn't some nutter who wants attention. This is happening to this person. And and I think Jeremy Irons can do that uh, pretty well. <laughs> and and it, it's in Dead Ringers, it's like that. Uh, well, it's, but it's, it's not like a ham is what I'm saying. You know, I, it's believable. Mm. No, I, I kind of agree. Um, I've seen him kind of do this, as you say, kind of erratic, kind of manic um, act. And like one, one of my... <clears throat> Sorry, beg your pardon. One of my most kind of prominent memories of uh, Jeremy Irons is not for like for one of his movie roles. It was actually an interview I caught with him on, I think it was like some morning kind of interview show. Now it's for this thing called Aragon, which was, was fucking... Aragon? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolute dog shit. Like I think that that movie took was, um, it was like a junior junior's writer uh a junior writers competition right and like this kid like won it and had his book published and it was this aragon and i think they they thought since that you know it was doing well uh, this book had been written by like a, someone in their late teens i think um if we make it into a movie it'll be just as successful and it was absolute dross but they had jeremy irons in it and it was uh one of the promo um interviews for it and um like Jeremy Irons' uh, character in it, I think, is kind of is somewhat like a sort of father figure to the main character, and so right. the interview starts asking him, um, Jeremy Irons about um, fatherhood. And, right. Um, oh, I, know I don't know if, going. and I don't know, uh, like, if he was a new father then, or he was talking um, oh, about okay. his experience when he was, but he was just kind of. It's like, so what is it like, you know, when when Jeremy Irons is your dad, and uh, he just can't, he just. Well, he the, went through like wait, wait, wait. the morning. He, he the, the interviewer said to Jeremy Irons, "What's it like when Jeremy Irons is your dad?" Well, yeah, for like, I mean, not not spe- not exactly that, but I mean, I'm I'm paraphrasing here. It's like, well, it must be quite something, you know, if when your dad is Jeremy Irons. I don't. Uh, I mean, like Jeremy Irons clearly knew that this fucking movie was fucking bobbins, and he wasn't really <laughs> Sorry, having it. It was, it, but <laughs> it was bobbins, <laughs> but was it bare bobbins? Oh, it was bear fucking bobbins. Yes, indeed. Um, oh dear, right in the top. And <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Um, so yeah, he like, so he gets asked this question, and Jeremy doesn't quite really know what to say, but he does go through like the morning drills with his his kids, right? Or, or yeah, and he's just like, get up, eat your cornflakes, brush your teeth, and the, the, the whole time he does this, right? He, he doesn't articulate anything above the jaw, and his his eyes are kind of in this deadlock with the um, yeah. with the interviewer, right? Yeah, and, good for and him. It, and he really, really draws out the brush your teeth, and it just kind of stops his interviewer dead in their fucking tracks. Yeah, it's it's like the Bruce Willis thing. I cannot fucking abide these interviewers. Well, yeah, these interviewers who are so vacuous and they have nothing to say. That you know, it's it's one of these people, probably I imagine, who. Who who doesn't give a fuck about Jeremy Irons, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't give well, a fuck. Probably care no, about acting. Or... Very little. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> brush your teeth. I mean, imagine us saying that to someone. Well, what's it like being your dad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, or the real question: What's it like? What, what what sort of father are you? I think the correct answer is none of your business. You weirdo. Who yeah. who watching even cares? 
<laughs> You're lucky I don't want to talk about this dog shit movie I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Brush your teeth. I will engage with this. His, his son's 17 as well. <laughs> He's, no, his son's in his 30s, you know. <laughs> he was a very young father, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons is divorced, so his son lives lives with his mother. So Jeremy Irons calls his son every morning to go through this. He's not physically there. <laughs> it's a really bizarre situation where he lives across the street from his estranged wife. <laughs> He's got a massive telescope. <laughs> I was going to say he lives across... the fucking window. He lives across the world, so his son's, like, getting up, and it's it's, like, half past six in the morning, he's brushing his teeth, and Jeremy Irons is... He, you know, he's in uh, he's in Australia on on a paddle with a, a gin and tonic in in the middle of a lake, and he's with his Aborigine bride and a Kangol hat. <laughs> I think you might confuse us with another actor. I don't know, <laughs> but do 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 go on. So he well, like his watch beeps, and he knows it's time to kind of call the other side of the world. <laughs> Next week we're going to be talking about. Next week, we're going to be talking about Samuel L. Jackson's berets. Join us then. We'll have a beret on for an interview. Wonderful stuff. I mean, it's a, it's an entirely, you know, audio medium, but we will be doing dress-up next next week. Now, do you know what? I, th- I I think we've been holding back on this pa- podcast. I think we should take it to, like, the the fucking extreme and just, just have conversations with with wooden-framed pictures of Tom Cruise. And all it is is us asking questions and then a minute of silence. And then we act like he's answered. Yeah, very earnestly as well. You know, we we kind of you know we've got our hands to our chin. We're kind of gently nodding. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, hmm, hmm. I see, yeah, hmm. I didn't think about that. Did she? Did she? I didn't know. Well, that must have been really hard for you. I'm sorry about that. Oh, you can't say that on TV. Fucking hell. I know it does burn sometimes, but you know it's worth it. Well, just apply a topical lotion. You know, <laughs> two weeks. Topical lotion. Does that have raisins in it? <laughs> I don't like it, raisins, but I do like a bit of um, what, what's that? What's that chocolate called? Uh, fruit and nuts. Oh, I've not had one of those for ages. Oh, you think it's just vanished into obscurity? No, I, I think it's still going strong. I think it's a staple of a. Uh, is it the the Cadbury brand? I knew Cadburys were fucked when they started selling Twix and single bars. Oh fucking hell! You don't even they understand do your own product. I've not only have I uh, seen um, fucking Twix in single packs, but you also get the the, the, the the dual Twix, but they're like half the length as well. So they're all of like so an inch and a half so, long. So, so it's one Twix, just broken in half. Yeah, basically. Well, I've never bought one, but I would I would say I would I would, I would respect the brazenness if that is what it was. It was just one thing that they just manually broken in half. You can see like finger, you know, like some fingerprints on either end. Do you? Do you want to hear a really old joke? Um, what's the difference between Miley Cyrus and a Kit Kat? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, go on. <laughs> and then, never mind. <laughs> Let's leave that. So, Jeremy Irons yes, li- yeah, yeah, likes, likes dental hygiene. I'm, I, that's, a, that's a plus one respect for me. All uh, right, join us next week. <laughs> you see, if... <laughs> 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 if, it, it, if 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 uh, if that interview continued, I'm sure it didn't continue exactly the way I I would like it to have. But I I, I like the idea that this reporter, kind of, or oh, this interviewer, not certainly not a reporter, this interviewer uh, was kind of stunned by brush your teeth, and then Jeremy Irons gave them a second to ask a real question. They didn't take it, and then Jeremy Irons said, "Turn ninety degrees." Engage B day <laughs> operations. <laughs> Squat. <laughs> so it's a mil- military drill going through the bathroom of a morning with Jeremy Irons. I think his son just has. His son's probably like a savant, like he's a beautiful painter or something, but he just needs absolute direction when it comes to things like going <laughs> to the toilet or eating. It's very tedious for people. Prepare to wipe. Back to front. You know, uh, I I used to know someone who um, uh, fell off a ladder. Um, I think I mentioned it before. He fell off a ladder and he thought he was with his first wife. He completely forgot about his second wife. That's a great fucking out. Uh, he he had a real problem making any decisions at all. Uh, I went to a sandwich shop with him once and he, he spent, it doesn't sound very long, but he spent probably 
two and a half minutes deciding on white or brown bread. He couldn't make any decisions. There was a you know there's a problem, and I I think about him sometimes, and I think, what the fuck is my excuse? <laughs> I think I think my thing is more apathy. What do you want, George? Why why bread or brown bread? Well, I, I don't have any brain damage, matter. but but it all turns to shit. Yes, I mean I'm literally a shit factory in regards to food. <laughs> I am literally a shit factory. You put it in me, it comes out the same. It all comes out brown. You put the shit in, take the shit out. <laughs> it's just a baker light oven. Ne- next time on the shit factories. <laughs> put in a topic and we'll shit it out. Uh Jeremy uh, Jeremy Irons, I I I think he smells like lavender. Okay. And do you have any kind of reason for this discourse? Or because, just... because because he's very he's very magisterial. He's he he looks like the sort of person who could have a mole on his face but pull it off. And I associate that with purple. <laughs> do you see him dressing a lot of purple? No. No. This is no. very kind of mysterious speculation here. Do you remember that math math teacher we had who would dress in Purple velvet. Uh, yes, I do. With a very peculiar lisp. With a very peculiar lisp, and he would he would constantly uh, be in the art department because he liked the art teacher. I do remember this man. Yes, yeah, he he was partial to Westcott's. I seem to remember. <gasps> to Westcott's. Yes, and he uh, he told me that he decided to be a math teacher when he was sixteen. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Did, was he shedding a tear as he told you this? No, I think he really enjoyed his job. Bless him. Good for him. We need people like that. Yeah. I would have thought that... Um, he was definitely a fit figure of ridicule. Um, I would have thought that, you know, hundreds of these, like, shit mouth pricks um, just coming through the doors every day, <laughs> like day after me, day would have broken... <laughs> uh, I think we were probably pr- pretty tame um, compared no, we to were. the rest of the... We were. Um, yeah, I, I would have thought that would have ground him right right down into the fucking dirt, unfortunately. Yeah, you you know you went to a, a week as piss school when a teacher can come to school in a waistcoat. <laughs> Man's got balls, I suppose. It wasn't a very rough school. I went to a rough school first, before that one, and... Uh, oof. Yeah, you couldn't have done that as a teacher. Oh, or if you were if you were the sort of teacher who did that, it meant you were a fucking bastard. <laughs> well, you'd finish your first day and you'd find your car on fire. Uh yeah, I mean in that rough school, I remember the um the not not assistant headmaster. What what what's the proper what, proper term for that? The deputy head. The deputy head uh, was a man called Mr. Poor. It was a school which uh which was surrounded by fields and um it was a very long drive just to get from the gate to the actual school building, you know, about a five-minute walk. And um, a certain time of the year, it would be covered in frogs. And it was his hobby to kill as many frogs as possible whilst driving down this road. Uh, his other hobby... Sorry, and this, I this, think this guy was a teacher, right? He was, the, he was the deputy head. He was called Mr. Poor. And apart from that, all he ever did was... Uh, shout! The school was in two buildings. It was a very old-fashioned school, um, or the building was a very old-fashioned school in that it had one building that was for the girls and one building that was for the boys. It wasn't like that when I was there, so most of the fucking time was going between one and the other. And he would he would stand on one and shout to the other, which was about 150 metres away or something, You boy! And you could fucking hear this everywhere in school. 20 times Jesus a day. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he was, he was a mean bastard. Yeah, he sounds like a bit of a fucking nutcase. He's a, no, he was, so, he was, he was, he was, he was interesting. Yeah, he, it sounds it. I mean, like, you, as soon as you said, like, he's, he's going around, like, killing all these frogs, I imagined, like, his eyes, like, look in two different directions. Would you? Right? I mean, <laughs> no, is he, was, he, like, stamping he these <laughs> frogs to death, or did he have, like, this fine needle? Oh, no, sorry. And I he was, like, clear, pushing no. into the... No, he, this is the thing. He was very, very... Uh, a very coherent person. He was always immaculately dressed. Uh, I didn't have much reason to ever speak to him, but he he was a clever guy. You know, he he was a science teacher before he became a administrator, and you know, I think I I think he was clever. Uh, he owned a Jag, and he would drive this Jag down this fucking driveway at about fifty miles an hour, crushing as many frogs as he could under his car. 
<laughs> you say that's mad. Do you not remember when Big Trev, <laughs> our photography teacher, threw that fucking umbrella at that bird? Like a spear. <laughs> That's like a 50-year-old teacher who, who should oh, be better. Yeah, no, he was older than that, no? It was late 50s, early 60s. I mean, he taught my dad. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I do remember that. Um. Did he actually... I mean... Yeah. Did yeah. he, like, compl- he must have completely missed, right? Oh, well... Or did the, he the, the perfectly thing, spear it in the neck? The thing that, yeah, because... The, I, I mean, he was the sort of person who, like... I imagine he could kill pigeons perfectly, you know, if he wanted to, if he really put his mind to it. Um, it but he's um, no, he, he was he was at the church taking photos with you know with thirty students, you know, it was Gothic Architecture Week or whatever, and there was a, a pigeon on the, I don't know the, the first story, second story window ledge of this church. And he threw this umbrella, the, the you know the spear, this the spear that he had. He threw this umbrella at it, and it, it, apparently, I I didn't actually see him throw it, but I saw it come down. Apparently, it went about halfway. <laughs> and there was no way he could possibly reach it. Like a, an, Olymp, a, an Olympian couldn't have done it. Do you know what I mean? It was just an impossible throw to make. <laughs> I do like the idea of him like sighting prey at like two hundred, two hundred yards, and immediately going into a frenzy. Despite his, you know, his job role and and like the, the, the nature of the situation, not really permitting it, but immediately goes into kill mode. <laughs> I mean, I do always got the impression that he like lived in the wilderness for a few years. He did look like that, didn't he? Do you remember when he came to school and his eye was just like bright red? Yeah, and he had like this excuse that his cousin like gouged him in the eye with a toy or something, and we didn't know whether or not we should believe it, um, just on the fact that what would the reality be if that wasn't the case? <laughs> it's it's like some ancient ritual uh, of him, himself and another member of his tribe, <laughs> and there's been a dispute, and basically they have to put their thumbs on each other's eyes, and when the the shaman says begin. They have to just push each other's eyes into their brains, and the one that lives wins. <laughs> and he, he like like and everyone's everyone's used to like horrible protracted battles, you know, that can last like thirty seconds, a minute of just these two people blinding each other and killing each other. But but Big Trev did it in in you know like three seconds. <laughs> 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 like you 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 heard the snap as like the temples fractured. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was very quick. It was very. Yeah, efficient. I mean, that the, the eyes never helped because um, he was always quite an imposing figure. But uh, he had these like blue eyes that were so kind of milky they were almost white, and they were kind of terrifying to look at at the best of times. But when he turned up, and his, those eyes were filled with blood, it was what on earth do we <laughs> fucking do? This man looks like <laughs> Satan. <laughs> And he was he was a very old school teacher. He was very much no shit. Yeah, and, and he he was quite big on eye contact. Yeah. Uh I think he did it to himself. Uh, just just to fuck with people. I have yeah, I have every sus- I had that suspicion and I I would not have put it past him. Well, I think that Jeremy Irons uh could could probably kill somebody with his thumbs. He has big powerful hands. <laughs> And I think I think those hands should be in more movies, like the Zap hands. The Zap hands. Yeah, do you remember? Do you not remember Zap? Uh, or I mean, I feel like it's going to come rushing back if you kind of. Zap was a a magazine show uh, from the the nineties that no one will remember. I think so. Um, and they did loads. Of, it was loads of gloves, right? Against it the was black. it was a blue glove and a yellow glove, and uh, the music which is on right now and I have used in the past. Um, w- was lovely and it, it complemented this this thing perfectly of the, just these two hands putting together something and it was kind of like a this is how you make a paper mache aeroplane or, or this this is how you make a this is how you make a uh, a replacement credit card out of nothing but uh, an old teaspoon and a piece of cardboard it was it was stuff like that right okay and yeah, no, I've just I've just brought this up on. Uh and I've, yeah, fucking hell, that's blasted me right back. I mean, I do remember, the, yeah, because I, I, I used to have, like, almost nightmares with, like, um, these hands. And I, kn- I, I knew it was something from childhood, but I could never remember fucking what. And thank, yeah, you've just put that to bed for me. Thank fucking Christ. You used to have nightmares about it. Oh, yeah, the, the, 
I don't like, I wouldn't say vivid nightmares or anything like that, but I mean, I would try to remember what these hands were and it would just kind of haunt me a little bit. Mmm. Mmm. And, yeah. and, 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 and Jeremy Irons, the perfect role then would be the camera moves out, out of the black background and you see it's Jeremy Irons' head and it's like, yes, it is <laughs> I, Simon Gruber, but the twist is the hands belong to Hans Gruber. No, no, no. I would say the twist is that the, the hands are disembodied, but also the head, after it introduces itself, also starts floating around. Like, all three appendages are, in fact, disembodied. Like, he and no that, longer has a and, body. And back at home, because Jeremy Irons has come into the studio to do this, but just his head. Back at home, his body is sat in front of a fireplace. It's, it's reading Tales of Two Cities. It's, it's smoking a pipe, but to do that, it's putting the pipe down its throat. Oh, that is that is that is grim. Sucking it in and then just sitting there reading Tales of Two Cities, you know, occasionally throwing some scotch down there. Right? Is he is is he doing a read of Tale of Two Cities or is he just reading the book in silence? He's recording an audio book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mister. I- <laughs> I'm sorry, Mister. Irons. We are going to have to like make a move on with this. Can we can we start the read now? I am reading. <laughs> I am reading. You never said anything about reading it out loud. <laughs> Brush your teeth. Yes, Mr. Irons. <laughs> it's like in his writer whenever he's got a gig. <laughs> All right, let's see these pearly whites. Come on, guys. Well, Mr. I think Mr. Irons is in the building. I think I think one of the one of the reasons that Jeremy Irons has uh, been catapulted into the status of weird more recently is because of the interview he gave about gay marriage. Oh, I Do, haven't seen this. Oh, so. He gave an interview about gay marriage and he he gave a kind of meandering, waffling sort of statement where he said he wasn't sure about gay marriage because if gay marriage was legalized, then to circumvent um, inheritance tax and inheritance laws, uh, a man could marry his son. Um, What? Right, right. And, And then he later said, oh, I didn't really mean that. I was just talking shit. Um, Right. And, and and but he did say this. You can see the interview. Uh, I'll put a link to the interview somewhere. Shall I? Well, a- a- anyway, it's 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 peculiar, but it, it, obviously it's peculiar that he thinks that. But I don't think he is against gay marriage. I kind of get the sense that often in interviews he just doesn't give a shit. I would say so. Yeah. And I really, I really respect that. I kind of really respect that too. I kinda, I respect that. Just fuck off. Just fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Because I've been in so many interviews, but uh, but uh, you know, he, he, as we've discussed with uh, with like B- <coughs> Bill Murray and um, Bill Murray and Brucey Baby, there's 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 this thing where I guess y- you get so famous that people forget that you're a normal human being, and you know you're not a a, a facet of some PR machine, a- and you de- you you're presented with all these all these questions which are just irrelevant or. You just don't want to answer. I mean, who, you know, if, if, if someone asked me, or, or rather, if I was Jeremy Irons, I think I'd be tempted to say, why the fuck do you care what I think about gay marriage? I'm an yeah, actor. But I, I, you know, I, I agree, but, as, you know, um, conversely, it, it's, it's quite a, you know, you have to give so little shit to kind of, to immediately go on the tangent of, you know, well, people can, in fact, you know, marry their son and this, that and the other, so maybe not. I'm paraphrasing here, but of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. Um, more Jeremy Irons talk? Do you, do you have anything? Well, we were going to like transplant him into like movies and TV to make them either uncomfortable or improve them. Did you have any kind of ideas? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jeremy, Irons, um, Jeremy Irons always brings me on to uh, Malkovich. Malkovich, oh yeah, Malkovich, Malkovich. Yeah, because Malkovich is a real creep, but he knows it. Right. Okay. And I think Jeremy Irons kind of knows that he's a bit creepy as well, just like Brian Blessed knows that he's extremely loud and sometimes obnoxious. Yes. Okay. I mean, who would you prefer as your dad, Malkovich, Irons, or Blessed? Oh, I think they'd be equally insufferable. Really, um, I would. I would probably go with uh, Brian Blessed. I, I don't would, have any. <laughs> I would also go with Brian Blessed. I mean. Out of all of them, you know, really, Malkovich is the only one you couldn't go bowling with. But I, <laughs> you know, I imagine that I imagine that blessed you could really you could really have a good beer with and really have a heart to heart. 
you're a dude in your mid thirties, and and you know you're having your kind of pre midlife crisis because all life is is crisis after crisis. You're having your pre midlife crisis, not the one at the end of your twenties, but not the one at the end of your thirties, the one before that, the one that, that right, the yes. one that really kind of fucks your health up. You yeah, know, yeah, the yeah. one that really the one that's stops just around the corner. The one that's just around the corner. Um, I imagine you could be like that. You could have that, and you you know you could have have a couple of beers with him. You know, he's he's your dad. You go to your local. You've not been there for ages. You're talking to him, and you know you, you're kind of saying things that you wouldn't normally say, but you're having this heart to heart, and you're, you're talking about you know your ex wife and blah blah blah. And I could imagine Blessed saying something like, "Of course, you know when I met your mother, she was." I don't mind telling you, George, she was an absolute slut. Do you know what I mean? I could imagine him saying something like that quite candidly and, and you know, uh, and just being very kind of honest uh, with oh, you. Oh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. See, I, I I think that, you know, Brian Blessed it would be it would be quite quite an affectionate father. Um, I yeah. think he'd be quite loving. Oh, no, no. I, he, I think, I I think feel you, like you'd wake up with him on top of you just for the, you know, just, just give me a cuddle. Oh fucking hell! I was going to go that, that stretch. I feel like I, you know, it'd be much harder for me to disappoint um, Brian Blessed as a father. I feel like Malkovich and Jeremy Irons would not tolerate my shit. They would definitely tell me I'm living my life the wrong way. But Brian Blessed would kind of be, yeah, you know what? It's he's he's still my boy. Well, no, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Malkovich would be disappointed with you. Though I think Malkovich is is very centered on Malkovich's art. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you Markovich could, I left think, shortly after birth. I think you could you could be a great painter or a great surgeon or anything, and Malkovich would be like, "Yeah, that's good." Um, I'm doing a play in front of twelve people today, um, and I think it's the best thing I've ever done. Uh, could you watch it four or five times and give me a critique? I think I think he's a bit like that. I think he's very he's very. I think he's you know very sincerely into what he does. Uh, you know, like really into what he does, like blindingly into it. So I've got this uh, this production on later today. Don't touch the cold cuts in the fridge. I'm going. Whereas Jeremy Irons, I can't quite pin what he's what he's about exactly. <laughs> I, like I don't th- I don't think he's so into his art as to be a, you know an obsessive person. Maybe like Christian Bale. You know I think Jeremy Irons can phone it in and kind of not give a fuck and all of that. But also, he's he's clearly an intelligent man. He's clearly someone who does give a shit about some stuff. I just think that he's got some sort of secret. What is Jeremy Irons' secret? <laughs> I would say that he's not killed a man, but he's eaten part of them. He's eaten part of one. And was yeah. the was the man dead when Jeremy Irons cut? Oh no no the no, meat? no no! But there's you know there's like a theatre ent- enthusiast somewhere. You know it was it was consensual. A theatre enthusiast somewhere who doesn't who who's missing two fingers or something like that, or has that had to have like some kind of skin graft on his arm? It's the feed thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's as creepy as that. I think it's it's more like um, it's more like he's the only person in the world whose whose passion is to be a hygienist for a dentist. I was going to say he's the only person in the world who's done one thing but no one knows what this one thing is <laughs> yeah it's not it is necessarily like that. Not, ne- not necessarily dastardly but it's just one thing entirely unique yeah i mean apparently they think that maybe one of the first objects in space if it didn't get vaporized um was a girder holding a, a nuclear bomb before they dropped the nuclear weapons on japan you know when they were testing them when they were just these big kind of machines rather than, you know, something that looks like a, a bomb you would drop from a plane, when they were just these big sort of uh, atomic machines that they would detonate, they would hold them up on a kind of crane so that it wasn't on the ground. It was it was it simulated more of an air, bur- air burst. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that they think may have been the first ever man-made object into space was a girder holding this bomb. Because I can't remember the details, but apparently within 0.1 milliseconds of the, of the this atomic bomb detonating, this girder uh, was traveling at something like five and a half thousand miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and they think if it didn't get vaporized, it, it would have been the first object in space. And I can imagine Jeremy Irons is someone who, not in that case, but someone who 
isn't prone to doing this, but like occasionally, just every few years or something, he will do fucking loads of amphetamines. And <laughs> and he, he he did he did some once, and he 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 broke into some some NASA compound, and I basically I think Jeremy Irons is probably like the first person to do a spacewalk without a spacesuit. It was only two seconds. He shouldn't have been in space at all. He can't tell anyone about it. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Maybe, the, maybe, the, maybe that is that is the secret. That's because apparently, stuff. apparently, being exposed to uh, to the vacuum of space, you know, you see in films that you you know you explode. Apparently, it's not like that. Uh, what, what is it like then? Apparently, it, it takes it takes a little bit of time. You can be exposed. You shouldn't be. You know, it's it, <laughs> yeah. For, for all you kids listening, <laughs> for, for any, any astronauts listening to this, just before you, you do your spacewalk, <laughs> yeah, we're really popular in the ISS, right? <laughs> just yeah. straight out the fucking airlock. <laughs> <laughs> all these Russians kind of commenting, like, "Why is this the only fucking thing I can get up here?" <laughs> oh, it's a, it's and it's an international crisis. <laughs> the Boisterous Brothers podcast became particularly successful after they bought a powerful antenna. <laughs> no, but I, I could imagine Jeremy Irons. Yeah, you're right. It's it's some. It, it he has a secret. He's done something that no one else has done. But what is it? I think we petition the audience now. If they have any information, we could, we'll set up like a sort of Irons watch, maybe. I like. I could imagine he he has some some kind of almost um, aristocratic friends in some European country, you know, in Sweden or something, and they. They went hunting. They took him hunting, and uh, you know he killed a stag, and he he took it home and everything. And they they in, they they cooked up the stag, and they had it with wine and cheese, and it was it was great raucous fun. And then um, and then you know some someone said to him, oh, and by by the way, this stag its its horns are, are slightly poisonous. It'll give you really bad diarrhea if you eat it. So don't don't eat any of the horn. Not that you would. And Jeremy Irons is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all get drunk, and then. He goes to bed and he comes down downstairs later on and he's really hungry and he doesn't know what he's doing because he's still quite drunk and then he just has a tiny bit of this this stag's horns and it gives him like the the fucking hardest erection in the world <laughs> for like three days <laughs> and he's the only person who's ever done it. <laughs> he knows its secrets. And is beholden to them. Like He'll he take them to the grave. He keeps fainting because it's so hard. Oh yeah, there's no like the he, his blood pressure is dangerously low in the rest of his body, and like he's turning purple. It's absolutely, absolute agony. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, like like they they have to they have to dig out some leeches for him. Oh fucking hell! Yeah, they have to they have to kind of like bleed it. Oh but yeah, or bleed like something. Sort of, <laughs> but they they put him on the moss scale. You know the moss scale with the your you, you know your thumbnail is the is the least hard thing. It's a scale of hardness, right? And the right, a diamond okay. is is number ten, and he's like he's coming in at seven. <laughs> it's not you know as soon as they kind of get the medical professionals involved, it's not long before someone was thinking about weaponizing it <laughs> by weaponizing Jeremy <laughs> Irons' erection. <laughs> Uh, well, if we haven't lost you now, uh, then um, I guess you're one of us. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, if you, yeah, if we haven't lost you now by episode 23. I'm sure that this podcast is just listened to by people who click on it accidentally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no it's still very flatter flattering that they make them the same mistake roughly the same time every week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me just look at the metrics. Av- average view duration: three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't even get past the, uh, you know, the, the introductions. That, that I mean, I've got to say that. I mean, that, I'm kind of put off by that. I, I thought that was like probably the most professional part of it. I mean, that has sheen. I mean. <laughs> Is, it, is that the mistake? Is the sheen putting people off? If I had, we need to take this down a couple of notches. If I had to give pros for this podcast, I'd say that it is recorded with microphones. <laughs> Technically, yeah, we use XLR microphones as well. You know, we have we've we have not spared at any expense. Um, okay, well, let's put Jeremy Irons into a film.
Um, I think that uh, any film. <laughs> All right, so yeah, to sum up, any film, any film we can put Jeremy Hines in <laughs> with some film, slap shot editing. Any film would be slightly weirder with Jeremy Hines. <laughs> now, what I would like to see in light of um, the the Aragon interview is I'd like to see him on MasterChef, right? Well, like, every all time, right, all right, okay, I could see that. Um, I'd like to see him like every time. You know, someone's taking up something to be critiqued by Greg Wallace. And, you know, Greg Wallace is getting a little bit too non-consensual with the food. He's sorry, like, sorry, Jeremy, where's the base? <laughs> no, no, no. You've still got the other guy. It's just as, like, Greg Wallace is really going in for it, really, really smack, smacking his chops around. Like, Jeremy Irons slowly fades in behind him, right? And Until there's, like, this cold aura. Greg knows he's there, slowly turns around. Again, deadlock straight into the eyes inches apart and simply says brush your teeth and they know exactly <laughs> what he's talking about <laughs> well but it's it's very tiresome because it's every time he takes a fucking mouthful right he has to stop he has to turn <laughs> around <laughs> and brush his teeth for three minutes what was originally like slated for a 45 minute slot now requires six hours well i you know now i'm thinking of of a kind of short, beautifully shot art film where Jeremy Irons makes his pudding. He makes a big deal out of making his pudding. <laughs> Greg Wallace is like over his shoulder and, and Jeremy Irons is like a bit annoyed. And then at the end, Jeremy Irons has stu- stood there in his chef white. Greg Wallace bounds in. He's like, all right, Jeremy, let's take a look at what you did. And Jeremy Irons holds his finger up right in front of Greg Wallace's eye and then it just his finger just comes out and goes straight through Greg Wallace's eye and brain and he's like the T-1000 and, and that's it it just cuts as the credits go you just hear the thud of Greg Wallace's body <laughs> his hit body. the ground yeah. he would be a good ter- Terminator I think that's a very good point I don't think he could do the Robert Patrick sort of like I am an emotionless killer thing. I think it, it would always be kind of like I am an emotionless killer, but I'm really a bit weird. Sort of, <laughs> sort of vibe from him, but I'm really a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm really a bit weird. Yo, one mad me. Oh, braces, braces and a belt. Ooh. <sighs> the reviews were not good. No, don't. <laughs> It is most confusing performance yet. Uh, you know, you you know it was good when they got Ben Elton to do it. <laughs> what to perform or write? It's a write. This. Oh, so he's God. just kind of rehashing, uh, rehashing the right stuff, trying to get, trying to get some wind under those sails again. Oh, I think you know. I feel like we've talked about the right stuff, but that is a podcast in itself. Uh, I, I'm sure we'll get to it. I mean, I th- I do you know what? I think we should totally fuck this podcast off. This is the end of the George Rockwell Schmidt show. I think we should make a new podcast, a hundred episodes, and it's just analysing the six episodes of the right stuff over and over again. <laughs> so by episode ten, we've already we've almost repeated ourselves twice. Damien, this is this is us. We this is all we do is repeat ourselves. I suppose so. Inted blood. Oh, you've said that before. I remember that. You've said that before. Oh no, I've said that before. Oh Christ! I think I think Jeremy Irons would have been a, a great um, Morpheus in the Matrix. Are we just doing a straight swap, or are we kind of like trying to sub him out for Lawrence Fishburne? Are we are we talking blackface here? Because I think that's that's probably going to lose. I don't care about any of that. All I all I want <laughs> is him to say bloody hell, Neo, at some point. I think Jeremy Irons would have been a great great Idi Amin in the Last King of Scotland. <laughs> do tell. I'm sure you've got a, a list of solid dynamite reasons. Well, do you do you have any any ideas? Uh, absolutely not. No. I mean, after we tried to see the Last King of Scotland that one time, um, <laughs> and the guys just said like, "No." We went. I to, seem we, to remember. We went to the Odeon, and the guy said, "Oh, that's a great film. We're not showing it here." <laughs> but you've got posters outside. Like yeah, we do. We've got the posters. Yes, we just don't have the print because it's a great film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're celebrating film. That's what we do. We're a cinema. What do you think this place is? You fucking cunt. Yeah, I remember um, trying to go and see Alien Covenant in my local cinema, and uh, it came out fucking two weeks after international release anyway. 
um, where I live, and I went there, and they said, "Oh yeah, it, it, it was meant to be out today, but we lost it. Um, so it'll be. It, don't, <laughs> but don't worry, we'll have another print in two weeks." Wow, did, that's fucking atrocious. I fucking told you about that, right? I went. I went. So no, I, I, I traveled an hour to get to watch it. I was watching it, and in the middle of a scene, in the middle of someone shooting an alien, in the middle of an action scene, um, it just stopped, and all the lights came on, and people just sat there, looking, and and people seemed fine with it. And I went and I found the projection. I went to the fucking projection room. I walked into the projection room. I had a good look around the projection room. I looked at the projection man's porn. Uh, and then he came back and I said... <laughs> and that was the rest of the evening. Then, <laughs> yeah. and then I joined the Navy. And then, then he came back and I said, what's going on? And he said, oh, I was just taking a break. You did not tell me that fucking hellfire. No, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even want to see the movie. I was, I was doing my How Alien Has Changed as a Series series uh, video. And, um, and yeah, I tr- you know, I traveled to see it and... Uh, Oh fuck that! Yeah, that must have been such a fucking kick in the net in the nads. You know, I saw Tomb Raider today. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. You had mentioned that earlier. So th- how was that? Uh, well, I'm not going to talk about how it was because I might do a little video about it. But um, but what I will you say don't is, blow your load. I went to an IMAX to see it, and I was one of six people. I am <laughs> I am not joking. On its fucking release night, what is that about? Was this like a matinee performance or? No, it was half past nine at night. Fucking hell! Wow. Yeah. Maybe people were, people were staying for the three D. I don't know, but I I, th- I thought thought that was very strange. Uh, and and the only thing I'll say about the movie here, don't say this about a lot of movies, but too loud. Oh dear! They're too loud. Is this not the uh, the fault of the theatre or the movie itself? Is it, is it what you're saying? The movie itself is actually quite crass. No, I'm saying I'm saying it's literally and the gaudy. audio is too loud. Oh. Oh, if anything, it wasn't gaudy enough. I wanted triangular pyramidical tits. Where are my pyramidical tits, Damien? I wanted schlock. Where wanted... Where, are, where are my fucking Ozzy Osbourne sunglasses? Where are the hot pants? I find myself asking this a lot. There was a braid though, so that's fine. Okay. But you think, like, Harvey Weinstein's cost you too much. You could have had the Tomb Raider you wanted, but now it was too, uh, well, it was too well, sensible. Like, or like there's, a, there's a film crew working in a jungle somewhere filming this, and someone gets a phone call through their satellite phone. It's someone, someone on the other end saying, um, we're going to have to do some reshoots because uh, people have just find, found out about Harvey Weinstein. And then the director slams the phone down. And he's like, fuck. All right, get those hot pants off her. <laughs> They found out about Weinstein. Also, cancel that order of fucking Greece. Fuck. Yeah, because it was just going to be mud wrestling before. Mm. You say this, and and uh, doesn't paint me in a particularly particularly good light, but I'm getting a bit of a touch on. Tell me more. Ooh yeah, Lara Croft with a with a copy of White Dwarf sticking out of her bum. Ooh. What? Yeah, oh. you fucking nerd. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh. <laughs> I, I I don't pray tell. Ooh, with it with a. I'm completely completely ignorant. Ooh, with a special edition resin tyranid in her hand, and she's oh, going, "Ooh, paint God. me, Damien, paint me." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! What a character assassination right there. Oh, Damien, who will help me? I have all this jam. <laughs> Because those were the three things I would talk about as a 13-year-old child. <laughs> I, I wish I could read White Dwarf while someone was sucking my dick and I was sucking the jam off a resin tyranid. <laughs> I was peculiarly specific and depraved for such a young age. And I'd be wearing socks. That's where the real kink is. Oh, that's where, that's where you draw the line, is it? That's where it became unpalatable. If you're going to wear socks in sex, you might as well do... The, the porn thing of wearing brand new white trainers and nothing else during sex. <laughs> Je- I mean, Jeremy Irons is so dark. His skin is so kind of oak coloured. I can only imagine him wearing white trainers and nothing else uh. in the gym. I think anything else in the gym would look ridiculous, but that. And of course, that violet fucking purple, was it? 
almost prior prism <laughs> with some duct tape holding it against his thigh. <laughs> oh dear. Which only you know, uh, it it does it does terrible things to the crush. Do you remember when we went to see Doctor Hammond and he started off his his show by saying, "If you're going to wear a cock ring, make sure it has handles." And it did not kill. It died on its ass. That joke, I seem to remember. Oh really? I didn't think it was a joke. I thought it was a public service announcement because he looked pretty red faced. <laughs> As we speak, I'm suffering from the from a uh, a very poor po- a very poorly made decision. That's Jeremy Irons' secret. Jeremy Irons is just someone who who's never needed to take a shit in his entire life. <laughs> his, his body is a hundred percent efficient. Oh dear! No, no, no. He, he he like he pisses for Britain. You know, that's that's the trade-off. It's like every ten minutes, and it's like a liter. Uh, yeah, like he loses he loses like a good kind of ten pounds in, of weight. Yeah, he has to drink at least like eight liters a day. <laughs> he looks like a fucking. He looks like he's he's a vacuum sealed bag when he's finished pissing. It's like it's <laughs> all the all, all the liquid in his body is just expunged and then quickly replaced. <laughs> like, his like, wife puts him on a drip every night when he goes to sleep. He doesn't know this really. He, he doesn't, doesn't really understand what he's afflicted with. When he drinks, he drinks like a whole can of Slim Fast really quickly. And you can see the, this whole can going down his gullet, going down his chest. Like you can see it like it's a, it, you know, it, it's almost like a ball on him going down. It goes, you know, goes down his arm and then his hand stops being emaciated and becomes a normal hand again. And then he drinks another one and his feet become normal. Because before he does this. Slim Fast? Is it a special formula? It's or particularly, it any kind of- it's Slim Fast chocolate. Like right, like okay. like army chocolate, like you know like that chocolate you you get in a fucking uh, advent calendar, the the sort of chocolate that they say like yeah 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 fine fine it's not chocolate, it's not chocolate at all but it doesn't melt, so <laughs> so you know you know checkmates, but by all accounts it's the most satisfying chocolate. I you know I had a friend well, who was in the invasion of Iraq, and uh, he said that he was uh, he was eating chocolate. And um, he he looked at it and it he thought to himself, "I'm better than this." Exactly. He he thought to himself, "This is chocolate that doesn't melt. I am eating chocolate that doesn't melt. We shouldn't be here." <laughs> <laughs> then began his cap- his anti-war campaigning. Yes. Immediately dishonorable discharge, but you know what? He's become quite a political uh, powerhouse now. Oh no no no! Obviously, since since then, Iraq has been you know torn apart and and divided by all these different factions. You know, you've got ISIS and and uh, all you know all these all these different kind of subgroups of that and these other groups fighting that and and different militias. But there's a good like three square miles where no one will go in because he's there and he is mental. <laughs> he's just got a he's just like a topless dude with a chainsaw just ranting about chocolate. And how how white chocolate isn't chocolate at all. So he he could be a violent man so long as they appease him and they're just shoveling in loads of like mint arrows by the like in wheelbarrows, right? <laughs> you know? and he's like, even though it's completely like it's completely sodden at this point because of the environment, he's just he's still happy because it's real chocolate. And he's there just wiping himself down. His only friend is an owl, and the reason his only friend is an owl is because that's how they make white chocolate. It's just owl pellets forced together. That's why owls are so fucking hostile to people because there's always a hand coming into their nest looking for their pellets to make white chocolate with. There's always some some kid running away with all these dead owls behind him going, the milky bars are on me. It's, it's, it's a fucking genocide. So you've got all this owl shit and PVA glue as they're running away. Is this owl alive at all or has he just completely wrung it dry? Now, not, not, to, not to ignore what you just said, but there's something about PVA glue. Which <laughs> Don't ever makes, say that again. Makes me really want to drink it. I'm sure it would mm. be revolting, but it's just just the consistency just seems so right. It's like the perfect yogurt, and the smell isn't too bad. <laughs> Listen, we're going to end this now because I need to go and take my brain medication. <laughs> I need to go take my brain. It's a, it's in a pickle jar in the other room. Uh, what are we doing it's next week? I don't know. Did we discuss that? I don't remember. Ah, uh, who fucking cares? Uh, Con Air 2, whatever. Okay. It'll be subject to change. What if Nicolas Cage was a good actor? <laughs> what, if, what if Nicolas Cage was a bad actor? What if those were real bees? 
Um, okay, well, why don't we do um, What If James Bond Was a Lady? Okay. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right. Okay, that'll do. Fuck. <laughs> they got a nice peek behind the curtain there. Oh, by the How way. How we work. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Irons could... I, uh, Jeremy Irons would be the perfect partner with Brian Blessed to climb up Mount Everest. Okay, discuss. Yeah. That. Yeah, discuss that. So I was taking a shit the other day. Fucking hell, Damien. Yeah, chew on, chew on that in the comments. <laughs> chew on that in the meantime. <laughs> thank, you, thank you very much for joining us. See you next time. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening. Take care. Oh, where's that paint? Calm down, you bastards. There'll be all the fucking lovely fan art next week. <laughs>